episode 93 of Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I am your host, Jesse, Trilogy of Fear, Monroe, and tonight I am joined, or today, it's, it's Dallas Savings, who the fuck knows, I'm joined by Keelan Frosty, Jack Simpson, and Simon Punk, IPA Evans. Hey, let's do one. <laughs> Very Every good, week. Every week you surprised me. Beautiful. I love that it. That's great. That I, always really connect, I always connect the uh, little name they give you guys with the topic we were just talking about in the pre-show. And look, for anyone who just missed out us missed out on us talking the pre-show at twitch.tv forward slash story mode AUS, we were talking about beer for about half an hour because we are Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go with a different A word, to be honest. I was going to say alcoholics, but I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Let's just split the difference, eh? Yeah. I, say, I say that as Simon just knocks back a drink, and I will have one as well. How you lads doing? Oh, yeah. Good. Been playing a lot of one very specific game recently. You back on Leisure Suit Larry? Yeah, back on, <laughs> Le- on Wet Dreams... Wet wipes wet or whatever the distance. fuck it's called. <laughs> wet dreams, wet uh, dreams dry, are young. Dry twice or something? I oh, can't fucking remember. Wet oh. dreams dry twice. <laughs> no! Ah, <laughs> uh, five minutes um, into the show, we're talking about cum. I have, I have a story to tell you guys. Okay, so I recently went to the Apple store, okay? Well, that was your um, first mistake. Well, mm. no, not, not really. I had to go to get my phone's battery replaced because it had deteriorated after four years, as batteries do. So um, I went in, got everything sort of booked out, did everything. They were like, okay, cool. We'll get this done for you. Come back in an hour and 20 minutes, please. That's specific. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Okay, no problem. I walked out the door reached down for my phone to check what time it was to see when I would have to come back. And I realized, ah, uh, uh, uh. I tried to go into a store and I realized, ah, uh, my vaccine certificate is on my phone. I couldn't go oh. into any shop. I couldn't check in. I couldn't do anything because oh. I didn't have my phone. And made a sundial. That's not the old fashioned right? way. It, absolutely crazy like i never thought about how much i rely on my phone until that very moment and i realized dude i am screwed if my battery dies in any well, circumstance i'd be useless i mean look not to get not not to get too current affairs in this but i was actually wondering that like i want a car that says i've been double vax everyone should get you everyone get your vax just do it yeah get vaccinated um, but because like, what if I lose my phone? Mm. Drop it into the, drop it into a river. My battery goes flat. Whatever, something happens. Like, I just don't have my phone on me. I can't do anything. But I want to be like, hey, here's my card. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. smart. You apparently you are meant to print it out if you can't show it on your phone. Like it's a yeah. rule supposedly. But if your but- phone runs flat, yeah, then I'm exactly. Not anywhere with, like, we're millennials. When's the last time we used a fucking printer? At work. And exclusively God, at work. God damn you, Simon. God damn no. you and your job. <laughs> but no, I think I think that is pretty fair that like most millennials almost yeah. print stuff exclusively at work. Even if it's something personal. If I need something personal printed, I'm like, eh, I'll Hashtag wait until I'm in the office. Paper. Yeah. I don't even do it at work. I just go to office works. Like it's a whole thing. Like it's a yeah. whole day. The last like, time I printed physically 
okay, I need to print out stuff when I bought the house because it's like, you have to legally. I'm yeah. like, oh, fuck yeah. the law. And also back in my old job, I used to print out um, way too much stuff to make like, you know, prop making plans and designs. And it's like, fuck, I'll use their ink. I don't give a shit. Mm. Fuck this place. That's don't do fine. it at my current job. Wink. Wink. Hey. Wink. Wink. Simon, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I uh, I took two weeks off of work. That started last week. Um, and yeah, so week one, just been honestly staying up to almost ridiculous hours. As in last night, I went Mast- to bed at nearly 5 a.m. So that was Mast- good. Masturbating? Uh, no, no. Uh, okay. Busy, busy playing games, which uh, again we'll get to. <laughs> um, and yeah, I like, it's just been do, good. Like before the episode, I was like, Simon, I'm going to ask. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to throw you on the bus here, Simon. I asked, Hey, don't. When I say has your day been, has your week been? Don't mention this game, which we will talk about. And you're like, no, I won't, I won't. And you're just like, I have nothing else to say. It's all that's literally all I've been doing. Like, I'm not kidding. That's literally all I've been doing, apart from Wait, what? fuck it. Yeah. It's been a it's been a very very busy week of gaming news. There have been some things that I want to talk about, like the the PlayStation subscription service, the, the combatant to Game Pass. I want to discuss that. I just want to discuss a, a bunch of different things they're going to announce this week. How we've had to nail it down to three things, and one of them being the game that Simon has been salivating over. Um, and the game that you're not actually too familiar with, something you're new with, <laughs> new to, isn't it? Endwalker, right, it baby. Is, Final Fantasy fourteen. Now, if you want to hear about why Simon loves this game so much, we do have an episode of Love Letters where I interviewed him and we spoke about it. And that's here. That was genuinely joy. That, that was, was so really fun to record. That was so um, much fun to do. So go check out Spotify and iTunes and all all the podcasting places, um, and go give that a listen. But Simon and Walker came out December December third. Uh, yeah, so that was the early access window, um, which. That doesn't mean anything, really. It's just if you pre-order the game, you can start playing the expansion three days ahead of the official release. That's it. That's all it means. Um, mm. So the official release was on the 6th. Um, and yeah, it is almost inarguably the single best story I have ever experienced in any media ever. Any form. I love how, how like, definitive that like, statement is. The start of the show. Genuinely. Go on. Like, it is... Because it's... I mean, obviously, it's got the advantage of the fact that it is an interactive medium being a video game. And this is a story that's evolved over the course of 10 years. And even still, like, this is just the epitome of perfect writing, perfect setup, and perfect payoff. Everything feels deserved. Every win feels like you've really earned it. Every loss hits twice as hard because you actually feel like you're on the back foot and nothing feels artificial. It's not, oh, contrivances for contrivances sake. It is a genuine, important story beat. This thing happens for a reason and you you really lean into that and they have done such a good job the characterization is great the music has been unbelievably good and the voice acting has been awesome now don't get me wrong the voice mm. acting for final fantasy 14 has been good from heaven's ward onwards so from the first expansion onwards um but this like these voice actors just stepped up their game even further and it blew me away can I ask a really dumb question here Go for it. And Walker would hint that this is the culmination of events. Is this is the last update. Is Final Fantasy XIV sort of wrapping up? No. 
Final Fantasy XIV has wrapped up its first major story arc. But 10 fucking years, wow. man. 10 years. 10 That's years insane. for this one whole story arc. Um, that is, it's, it's referred to as the Hydaelyn and Zodiac story. Um, so that is done, concluded, and like close that. That's like book one of Game of Thrones. Done. Jesus, man. Like, so from the next patch, which would be 6.1, uh, 6.1 will be the next story patch that we get. That will be an entirely new story, an entirely new adventure, an entirely new setup with the characters that you know and love and appreciate the same world and all sorts. But it's just a whole new... Like, they're not tied to anything previously now. It's just... Where are we going to go next? So, so this story had a sense of like finalization to it. Because like you said, Incredible, you got really yeah. emotional playing it. Oh, and absolutely. Every reaction I've seen online have been people just being like, I w- I just burst into tears at the end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I was I was sobbing at certain points. And there was, <laughs> there was a really good sequence in um, one of the last parts of the game where I experienced the full range of human emotion within the space of about 45 minutes. So I was destroyed. I am not a very emotional person, generally speaking. Like, it takes a lot for me to cry. I don't cry very often. But I was wrecked. I was absolutely ruined. And I love it. I love every single second of it. I love when games kind of, like, fuck... Like, they kind of, like, fuck up the rest of your day a little bit. I I, I think I've spoken about this before. (laughs) The day I beat Last of Us, I also, like... I finished the game, like, okay, cool. I'll go play the other game I'm playing at the moment. Bioshock Infinite. So I finished them both within about Ooh. two, three hours of each other. So I had just the, the, the sadness and just horror of Last of Us and then the existential terror. Yeah. <laughs> that is Bioshock Infinite ending. <laughs> yeah. That absolutely. ruined me. I haven't been the same since. That's why I'm losing my hair. <laughs> and yeah, like, honestly, the reception to this game as a whole, like, from the fan base has been incredible. Um, we finally walked away with the two uh, awards we deserved at the Game Awards. Um, which, you know, about, about damn time. And, uh, Wait, so you got best ongoing and what else? Uh, best community support. Oh, by miles. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. Yeah. That's a fair call, that one. <laughs> um, well, and yeah, it was, uh, also, um, it is the highest rate, user rated Metacritic game of 2021. I loved, there's a, uh, a picture going around. I think you may have retweeted this. I did, um, Sorry. Yeah. And it's, when the game first came out, it was like a 49 or whatever. And look, Metacritic has all sorts of it problems, as we went through a few episodes ago when we went through their reviews. Yeah. Um, it, it had a 49. And what's it, what's it at now? Um, so this so Endwalker hasn't been rated officially in Metacritic yet. Um, but the last expansion, Shadowbringers, was 91. So in loose order, I think it was... Um, so, A Realm Reborn, which was obviously the rework, the, the redo, uh, got like an 86 or something. Then Heaven's Ward got like an 89. Uh, Stormblood got n- like 90. Shadowbringers got I like all the, I hate all those names. I hate them all. <laughs> they make sense within the context of the game. And then Light Carver got 89 and River Snatch. I just want to say River Snatch again because I said it pre-show. <laughs> You're a, very proud of that, a, aren't you? Got a 69. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking cool. Okay. But yeah. Uh, Story-wise for, for um, Endwalker, which is a very, very cool name. Can you give us just like sort of the cliff notes for it? For, 
for Keelan and I, if Ann Walker was a book, what are we reading on the blurb? Um, for two okay. simpletons like us. So the Warrior of Light and their their team, um, the Scions of the Seventh Dawn, um, are about to face what are referred to as the end of days, where all of existence is under threat. And you need to find out what's causing it and how the fuck you're going to stop it. I call it a bloody Monday, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I, need a, I need a new job. All right, the Garfield, <laughs> calm the fuck down. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, hold up. Hold yes. the fuck up. I'm so glad you brought up Garfield. Yes. Okay, this is one of the stories that I wish we had time to talk about uh, in the episode this week. So, Nickelodeon All-Stars or Smash Bros or whatever the fuck they're calling it. I don't care. It's another Smash Bros ripoff. The Nickelodeon one um, is getting its first DLC pack or, download, you know, extra character at least, Garfield. Now, in the best feature I've ever seen in the game, you can't play as Garfield on a Monday because Garfield hates Mondays. And I love that so much. That is much. brilliant. I've got to give credit I, I, for that. I haven't laughed about um, a gaming story like that in so long. Just, just quickly as well, Microsoft are releasing a garfield theme Xbox Series S also. I... <laughs> Does it work on Mondays? Can you turn it on on a Monday or is that it? Like it's fucked on Mondays. Loves lasagna. They put in a drive just for that. <laughs> okay. There is there is a meme that Lorne and I send to each other every single time Garfield, we see something Garfield related, okay? Because I saw it once. I think we were streaming together and I lost my shit laughing at it. It was on Twitter. It's just Garfield saying, I love lasagna and cock. And it's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. So, like Simon was saying, this is the greatest story I've ever played. It was so definitive. It's like, I, I'm Garfield. I like two things. Vote for me. This is my platform, cock and lasagna. Oh, no. Anyway. Anyway, back Anyways. to Endwalker. Back to Endwalker. Uh, yeah, so honestly, it is... It's, I've I've had the pleasure of being able to play it alongside friends, which I mean, obviously, for an MMO, makes it a much more fun Vital. experience. Um, but nevertheless, this game handles single player stuff really well. If you wanted to play through the majority of the content as a solo person, you can. Um, and yeah, this is honestly just such an incredible story. The way it's tied almost every single thing together, every single like. There's been offhand, like, chatter from NPCs two expansions ago. And it's come up and been important. I love that. And it's so good. And it's not just a callback for callback's sake. Like, this is something that's important and it will come up later. And it just, the way it just flows in naturally, it's just perfect. The The writing team is incredible and, like, absolute full credit to Miss um, uh, Ishikawa, who is the lead uh, main scenario writer she is phenomenal and genuinely deserves awards for this you're making me really happy when we discuss the game during love letters one of the things i, I said i really like because killing i actually played some of the game you did not much but i played some of it okay because i'm a professional but not much because i'm also sane um <laughs> but i really liked how you know the story had rebooted after realm reborn but it respected what came before. It played into the narrative. It wasn't just something that we've forgotten. Like, oh, go fuck, throw it in the trash, never, never bring it up again. It respected that journey. 
And I re- it re- it's really good to hear that the game still respects the journey they've been on so far because it knows, like you said, it won the Community Support Award. Yeah. The yeah, community's been with it so it. long. So you guys know, you know, what happened back in, I was going to try and make up another um, uh, update name, but I can't, I just don't have it in me anymore. Um, but, you know, in, in, in Stormblood or whatever, you know, you know the stuff that happened there. So bring it up again. Yeah. You know it. Mm. That's cool. And that's, that's the thing. I think um, part of the design of Final Fantasy fourteen that works so well is that everything's tied back to the main story quests. So, yes, you can try and steamroll through them if you want and, you know, just try and sort of blast through it if you really want to, but you're only going to do yourself a disservice. Like, it, it genuinely is one of these, if not the single best story I've ever experienced. And, you know, everything from, you know, A Realm Reborn, is kind of important don't get me wrong it's a bit of a slog to go through now like play it back and it takes a while and some of the dialogue is a bit janky and a bit boring because they hadn't quite found their stride yet but it's still important and it still matters and Endwalker calls back to every single point along the way and it does it so naturally and in such a nice fitting manner that it just nothing feels forced nothing feels um like it's uh just a you know, a token gesture or anything like that. Everything feels genuine and everything feels like it's a proper passion project and it just bleeds through so perfectly. So other than story, was there anything else new introduced? Um, so we got two new classes, um, a rework for two other new classes. Uh, well, sorry, two, two of the older classes and obviously a raised level cap, new abilities and, you know, standard MMO affair with a new expansion so the level cap has gone up from 80 to 90 uh, new abilities have been increased some old abilities have been uh, sort of thrown out the thrown out and chucked in the bin um two new classes reaper and sage so reaper is a melee dps so uh physical close contact wields a scythe and has like some cool demon that you summon for a bit pretty fun uh and sage is a healer which uses like weird fin thing it's very difficult to describe um if you've watched um god i'm trying to think what's called um whatever basically got like these cool little robot flying things that you control which help heal and stuff like that and that's pretty cool um summoner uh got massively reworked and now actually feels like a summoner instead of some weird hybrid class like it was previously and i love summoner right now it is so much fun um and monk um, also got a, a pretty big rework and that has been adjusted quite nicely. So now, again, flows a bit better and hits a little bit harder and feels a bit stronger. And then the rest of the classes all got the, like I said, the standard MMO affair, new abilities and spells and stuff like that. And it, everything just feels really good right now. I always get so nervous when one of my friends is very much looking forward to a game coming up because I, I, I've overhyped games before and they've come out and I'm like, ugh. That's, that's why I limit myself. I, I don't trust the majority of yeah. AAA releases. I limit myself to Zelda games, Monster Hunter games, and Final Fantasy fourteen expansions. And that's it. That's where uh, I'm at. Yeah, to, be, to be fair, you've been eating pretty well then. Lately. Oh my god, yes. Good, good work. But just wait. Just wait for that fall to come in because I think the last one for me was Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain. Oh, rip my goddamn heart out. <laughs> but I'm very, very happy to see that you've enjoyed it, and I'm I'm happy to see that that community is just so. For the parts I've seen, very very positive. So oh, incredibly positive. Good. Yeah. When, when does the when does the next update expected? Uh, the next patch, I believe, will be in about a month's time. 
Hey, cool. Keelan, good, good news. We don't have to hear about this fucking game for four weeks. Oh, <laughs> Enjoy God. it. Luxuriate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nah, Simon, I'm actually genuinely happy for you, but time to move on. We did mention the game awards because uh, Final Fantasy did win a few game awards. I think what they called. Are they called the, are the awards called a game award? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's a smart one to me. But we had the game awards and the uh, the game that walked away with the game. See, I've said game awards so many times. The game that walked away with game of the year award, game award. Oh, fuck me, dad. Jesus. It takes two in a bit of an upset. Yeah. 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 Think, look, definitely not undeserved. Uh, I, I've I've started playing now. After one game of the, game of the year, I had to start playing it. And I'm like, all right, I get this. I get. This. I still have so much to go through. Um, and look, people were very much hoping for Metroid Dread, but I, I kind of get it because it did apply to more to you know Switch players. And I guess it's a bit of a smaller group. I don't know. The tough one this year. Um, and I, I can also, in retrospect, I can see why a few people maybe didn't click with Dread as much. Metroidvanias are a little bit, you know. They are a bit more Hard niche. To get by at times. Yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit so. more niche. That's fair enough. Um, and there's a few other games that, you know, could have could have taken away. But seeing Joseph Harris complete complete the cycle, 2016 mad or so, man. what was he saying? Fuck the Oscars. He comes what back and says, he said, fuck the Oscars again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also like that he changed to, we are fucking the Oscars. We, we are in, currently in the act of doing. I, I very much appreciate that. And also his call to, call to steal children. <laughs> Very, very, very <laughs> funny. Was... He is so passionate. I, <laughs> he is such a good person to have in the gaming space right now. He, he he's, a, he's a reminder of the like the passion that people went to, and I, I, I he wears it on his sleeve. That's the thing. Like, like it's like, almost a little bit weird how just like almost weirdly positive because of, yeah. initially like i was expecting him to be all like effing and blinding and stuff like that as he has done previously you know fuck the oscars fuck this fuck that blah 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 and i was i was kind of expecting that i was kind of expecting him to kind of gloat a little bit and be like yeah fuck you ha ha but no it was just wholesome like weirdly yeah, wholesome know, and positive he celebrates the whole medium and yeah. i also like though the few awards that it takes to could have probably easily taken away um and he's like kind of like mugging the camera and stuff. Like he's taking the piss. He's just there for fun. I think he appreciate everyone being there. Just and I think on that he shows a bit of a level down. Sorry, just from like a lot of the award winners where it's a little bit corporate, a little bit manufactured. He seems to show the point. next level down. We're like, these are the people making the game. They fucking love it. It's not, so, oh, it's not show just, us them more. It's not just people making a game. Like he's an actual fucking human being. He's not just yeah. standing up there yeah. talking about bullshit. He's a real person and he actually cares a lot about what he's putting out into the world. I freaking love that. And I hate like how soulless a lot of the stuff that we see the rest of the time is. I'm not a fan of Game Awards, Jesse. You know that. I, I, yeah. No, no, you a, and I. Like, fair enough. Look, this we, one was a little bit hollow. It went for three and a half hours and what? The uh, the people who got up on stage got sixty seconds. Like yeah. it gutted me that House Mark when they went up to win. I can't remember which award it was. They should have won a few more for a tone, but whatever. Mm. Um, but they basically got played off so we could play more anti. I don't know. If they were anti vaping ads or pro vaping ads. I sort of yeah. blacked out at some point. It's a lot of ads. With the ads and ads, it's like guys, can we just focus a bit more on the game on the people a little Why bit because especially here? especially like this year where I. 
we are seeing more and more the suffering of some people who are developing games for look multitude of reasons. I wish we could focus on them because not only because of the stories that we're hearing this year, but also for the gaming community to get more of an understanding that when they're you know on Twitter and they're bad mouthing game, they're bad mouthing developer, blah blah blah. There are the passionate people behind these projects. It has I, an effect. Uh, Every few years, we get somebody on stage who who says something very poignant, or, or you see you see an expression of emotion that it reminds you of it. it not just the game award, any sort of convention. So, I mean, the one that really sticks out to me was um, the guy who was presenting um, Unravel at E3 a few years ago, sort of choking on his own word, really nervous but super super passionate. The guy who was in tears when they announced um, uh, Battle Kingdom. Yeah. That was fantastic. Um, and one that I actually saw recently, because I was getting retweeted a lot, was when Greg Miller won Trending Trending Gamer. Um, and I, I, his speech is is really powerful because he names all these people he wants to thank, like his friends, his family, the people he used to work with, IGN, blah, blah, blah. But then he mentions like a random name. He's like, I've never met this person. I don't know, I don't know this person at all. But I was playing, I think it was Tomb Raider. He's like, I finished Tomb Raider last night and your name stuck out to me in the credits. So I want to thank you, but I also want to thank, you know, all the all the animators, all the art designers, all the QA people, all the testers, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's what I want to see more of. So I, I would love the Game Awards to become more of a celebration of people. I understand the need for marketing in it. Fair enough. It is a war show. It's mainly about well, marketing. Jesse, I just think. But there's a limit and they have definitely tipped it wrong uh, the yeah, wrong way. <laughs> I think at this point in time, especially after all of the controversy and all the bullshit that has become sort of public knowledge and is now public discourse this year us sitting through three and a half hours where we're basically just listening to our corporate publisher overlords tell us what next what to buy next was in, world in premiere very poor taste i think but i guess it was kind of it's something that won't happen overnight they can't just flip a switch and say hey it's been a shit year for gaming beyond the games themselves. Yeah. We gotta flip a switch and get rid of the ads. It needs to happen gradually and I think they need a bit of a, a redesign. But something that uh, kind of bugs me is every year uh, I like Jeff Keighley. I think Jeff Keighley seems like a really good presence within gaming. And he seems to be quite open on Twitter asking for feedback. As soon as the game was done it's like, hey, tell us what we did good, tell us what we did bad, blah blah blah. And every year he does that. But every year, the Game Awards seems to go slightly in the opposite direction to what people want. It becomes a little bit more marketing, a bit more just ad focus. And like, well, surely that's not what people are asking for. So why are you bother asking anymore? Yeah. Like, where's the well, feedback going? Or is it, is it one of those things where, look, he doesn't have the final say. There's a lot more to it. Well, on that note, though, he said that he owns the Game Awards. Like, that's his thing. That's his project. That's what he does. Even then, it's that big that it, it doesn't just... It's like, he, he can't just come in the room and say, no more ads. There's no, still so and, many other people involved. And that's, that in and of itself is fine, but I don't need the same advert four times in 20 minutes from these two people, neither of who I actually know who the fuck they are, telling me to go watch this guy's stream for the Game Awards post-show or something like that. And what I didn't like, though, was when they just rattled through awards. Yeah, like, the, the, the best this and this. Look, if you want to rattle through the... the, the um, the the like online gaming like all that type of stuff like I don't I don't I don't know these people like, like the esports stuff like okay I mean look I th- I think it's a little bit disrespectful to the people that actually are invested in in those sorts of esports but you know um it's it's hard to strike a balance it's I'm disrespectful because I'm not good at games and they are and I'm very jealous <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it jealousy 
Anyway, let's move on to parts of the game. What's that? Um, you know, grab our attention a bit more. The trailers, the teasers, the world premieres. First up, Star Wars Eclipse. One of the coolest trailers I've actually seen for, for a hot minute. Guy drumming on this big drum. You see all these highlights of Star Wars. It looks incredible. Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking there's going to be space battles. There's going to be lightsaber battles. All these new aliens, different races, different planets. And then you see the word Quantic Dream. And it's like, oh, great. Oh, boy. I got now, so excited, Jesse. Yeah. So pumped. That trailer was hype as hell. But, and look, Quantic Dream, they've made some good experiences. I don't think they've made very good games. Um, and there's definitely there's definitely a difference there. Like, I'm interested to see what they do with the story. I'm interested to see where it goes. I do still have a lot of questions. And look, we're not going to get into the whole, um, you know, developers and publishers and all sorts of are fucked. But Quantic came out with um, a bit of a leak last year or the year before of some things that we get emailed around within the teams. Mm. Um, and some very, very shitty opinions were being thrown around there. Oh yeah. And it was very disappointing seeing that this was a trailer shown right after Jeff Keighley said something about harassment and, and bullying and stuff. Um, you know, just toxic behavior within gaming. And then, then it was a quantum dream game. Like, fuck, that was very like, shitty, mm. shitty timing. But anyway, Star Wars Eclipse can be set during the High Republic era, which is a very, very interesting era. It's way before what we've seen on screen. They're currently running books on this. It, it, it is a lot more sort of like, you know, knights in shining armor. It's the start of the Jedi. It's a very interesting um, period. So it'll be the first digital media, I believe, exploring that time. I, I could be wrong there. Uh, why does it have to be Quantic? I like the wet, the, 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 the wet man, the oil man at the end, because it just reminded me of Dune. This felt like Dune. Maybe I just, yeah. I just recently saw Dune. Yeah. Hey, Dune's great. Also, Dune RTS game coming out. Yeah, uh, that looks good. That. Yeah, um, I'm pumped for that. But I don't know. I, I feel like because of the fact this is Quantic Dream, and we know for a fact it's David Cage, it's going to be one of the wankiest, like, thinly veiled metaphors for how bad racism is or something. Like, that's all it's going to come down to. And it's not going to be a mm. fun game. And... Like, come on! Like, it's <laughs> they, so- they, do, they do the same approach to racism as they had in Detroit. It yeah. can be handled uh, poorly, to say the least. Exactly, exactly. Extremely <laughs> poorly. That's what I was getting at. But I didn't want to just sort of, you know, slam my fist on the table and say Quantic Dream shit. But we all know that. Um, so that. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're gonna do a Star Wars game, people equate Star Wars to lightsaber fights or space fights, like some of that cool shit. Give yeah. me more of that. Give me- We that. just had Fallen Order. Exactly. Like, like not that's, just that's, a few years ago. But that's, but that's still, a, like, we know what these can be. Yeah, exactly. But no, Damn it's it. Quantic Dream, so it's going to be shit and it's going to be uh, walk around and move the the dumpster so think, you can climb up on the wall and set the satellite shit, straight or shit It's a little like bit that. unfair. However- it's not going to be what was kind of shown in the trailer. Because the trailer was very hype and very energetic. It's like, look, if that was a little bit more slow and methodical. I'm like, okay, cool. This this measures up with, with the developer. It's just, I, I'm going to get to watch these lightsaber fights. Cool. But, you know, the last big Star Wars game there was was Fallen Order. So, you know, that's... 
a big thing to follow up with and you're going to follow up with so damn good with a a quantic dream style conversation walking sim type thing Mm. now again and again we haven't seen it we haven't seen gameplay for it this is just a hype trailer um another game we got a bit of a hype trailer for was wonder woman did not see this coming no Um, no from monolith the team behind shadow of mortar so as you expect from uh, the developers behind Shadow of Mortar, it will be including the Nemesis Nemesis system that they copyright, copyright, copyrighted, copyrighted, whatever. Yeah, they have ownership of the mechanic. That mechanic, if if you haven't played the um, Shadow of War and Shadow of Mortar games, basically you form uh, enemies like actual genuine foes within the game. And it develops story. They want to hunt you down. If you if you've done wrong by them, you've killed their friend or or whatever. You've taken over their base. They will hunt you down. It's a very very fun mechanic that created that I think elevated Shadow of Shadow That's of Mortal was the first one, right? Shadow, Shadow of War, Shadow yeah. of Mortal, Shadow of Mortal. Yeah. Just call it Shadow of Mortal Two, whatever. Um, Elevate the game because the game itself was kind of generic at times. I really didn't like when I first started it until the Nemesis system kicked in and I started to create all these storylines in my head. And then I had, you know, this guy who kept killing me show up at the end. I fought him in this massive battle and it felt cool. It felt hype because of just the way I'd played the game, which at the start was poorly. But I hated this guy so fucking. (laughs) What do you guys think about a Wonder Woman game? I I don't. Go ahead, Sam. Go on. (laughs) Um, I am cautiously excited for the prospect because I feel like Wonder Woman is a pretty cool character. She's strong and, you know, she has a really nice myriad of potentially really tough fights that she can be involved in. And I like that concept, like conceptually speaking. Um, I feel like this could be really fun. However, I have two major concerns. Number one, it's monolith. So the combat will be fantastic, but I feel like other parts might be a bit lacking. I can make peace God, with that. I, I hope they learn the whole from the whole microtransaction thing with them. That was point number oh, two. Yeah. It's that it's Warner yeah. Brothers. They, they therefore need to learn from microtransactions. That. Get that shit out. Like I that yeah. had no place being like the fact that you could buy like half of your army for army real money. Felt so bad. Like, that's so shit. And then obviously, oh, no, 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 you can still earn it in-game. And it's like, yes, but you've made it grindy as all fuck for me to earn it in-game. And then when you decide to remove ma- microtransactions, what do you do? Oh, you make the grind less less so. Which says to me that you're creating the problem to then also sell me the solution. And I don't like what that. I, don't do that. I, I can't really think of many other franchises that have lost faith so quickly with a sequel. Mm. Everyone loved Mortal, but War was... Ugh. My concern with this game, and this is a concern I have with a lot of superhero games, is like you said, you're gonna have your main villains. I don't really know many of um Wonder Woman's main villains. You got War, uh, just basically on the films. You got got the God of War, Ares. That's that's his name. You got uh the the, the, the lady who's a cheater, and you have the dude who plays the Mandalorian. That's the only character I can think of. I think, and I think he's just uh, you know like a bloke. Just so you don't have these, but you have you have other DC characters that you'll fight. Yeah, but I hate that. Really, you are also fallible to some grunt with a machine gun, which doesn't make any sense. Which why is why like a game like a Superman game doesn't work because you can't just fight bosses 
and villains. You have to fight grunts and what have you, but they also have to have a level of difficulty to them. Yeah. I always thought that a good superhero game should be about saving others. And that's how they define if you're past the mission or not. Play a Superman game where you can't die. However, everyone else can. Same with Wonder Woman. You can't die, but everyone else, unless you're in a boss battle, everyone else can. And your job is to save them or it starts to sway public opinion a bit more. Because I like, movies often explore the the ramifications of flying through a bunch of buildings, destroying Metropolis and blah, blah, blah. Um, I would like to see game explore that a little bit more and just how how they feel their their place within the world is sort of are they the good guys are they a villain kind of thing i'd like to explore could you imagine um like you're playing a superman game and you get really sort of taken in by a boss fight and you're really injuring yourself and you're not really paying too much attention to the scenery as you destroy half of the city and then the next mission is you helping pick up rubble clean it away and help people lift things up to don't say that don't say that they're gonna make a quantic dream fucking flash (laughs) game or something okay (laughs) don't say it don't say it (laughs) <laughs> All right, the uh, the next game. I believe this is the the opening of the show. Um, unfortunately, the game awards happen during sort of work hours for us. I missed this one because I was in a meeting. Thanks, thanks, employment. Ugh. Hellblade Two got a a gameplay trailer, and you would be easily fooled to think this wasn't gameplay. Yeah, but right. if wow. you played Hellblade before, you know what the go is. It it seamlessly goes between cutscene and gameplay, which I really enjoyed. A bit of a different take for this one. So Senua's Sacrifice is a very insular sort of game. It focuses on Senua's sort of mental well-being set within this. What's 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 the mythology they're exploring here? It's a. I think it is Norse mythology that they're exploring. I believe but so. she she's a Celtic warrior, so I there's say, I think elements it's a of that in there as well. Um. But yeah, it's a lot more focus on her sort of mental health, basically. And that's what the game was lauded for. It was a very interesting exploration of that in a very, very unique way and an unsettling way at times, especially with that binaural audio. When I played that on PC, magic. (laughs) Hellblade 2, um, surprisingly, they first announced because I think they want this to be sort of the game that Microsoft uses to sort of compete with, you know, you got a war, you're big narrative-driven mythological game um and it looks like they're doing that with a bit more action in this one so in the, in the trailer we see uh Senua leading a, a band of merry brothers uh into a cave to fight a giant and this big slippery wet giant comes in they set the big boy on fire he's not happy about that fights a bunch of them off and at the end of the trailer he's all burned up but then tell Senua, like, I recognize you. And that gave me chills. That was very, very cool. That was now, good. Do we, ha- we, do we have a release date or release window for this one? I don't think uh, we have anything I've, solid. No, I think it's just 2022. Yeah. Hmm. Jesse, this, you know, the weakest part of Hellblade, the first game, was the actual combat. It was yeah. not good. It was fine it served the purpose um but this looks like something completely different it's such a cinematic experience as well and i'm really glad that um in contrast to a lot of other trailers that they showed you know they i think they they've taken on board the fact that people are like ugh to cinematic trailers and they gave us yeah. a long long yeah. chunk of this gameplay. is six and a half six, minutes or so right. off, off 
solid gameplay. And this is a, a awesome. very, very cool scene. They could have shown something really flashy, mm-hmm. but they tried, They gave us something with depth. And I think yeah, you bring up really. an interesting point is when I played the game, as the, the original, um, I spoke to you a fair bit about, that, about it because you were the one who told me to play it. And I complained about the combat. I'm like, it feels mm. fine. It's just you're going through the motions with it. Very utilitarian. I think what they've done here is they've realized, look, this isn't a combat-driven game. It. This is a narrative game. Mm. Let's step back from combat. Mm-hmm. Let's just make that very much just a rudimentary part of the story. Like that is just an end, a means to an end sort of thing. Let's accept that. Let's not put a bunch of focus into it and give you, you know, skill trees and different weapons and combo, blah, blah, blah. blah. It is what it is. And you, basically all you were doing in that trailer, from what I could tell, is running and throwing spears at this thing. Surviving. That's, that oddly bounced off. It, I just, I, I loved it. I it got such so a good. sense of desperation and terror and fear and disorganization from all of that. And that that felt awesome. That's, you know, um, something that actually inspires emotion. And that's a big deal. There was some, yeah, I loved the the... When she's going into that cave, there's just like rage in her eyes. And I like the voiceover system about like, um, something along the line that we're going to show you who your gods actually are. Mm. And like, she's out for just, she wants to hurt something. Mm. And the moment that the, the giant turned around, it's like, I know you. It just went. Yeah. It just became so much more complex. I'm very, very, I went from, you know, tepid optimism at this title. To full on, this is one of my most anticipated games in the next few years. Whenever the fuck it's gonna come out, that's good. That's it was. It was one of those shows for me because I haven't played the first one. I don't really know that much about it. Um, but obviously, I've heard nothing but positive stuff. I was like, hmm, give it okay. a go, man. Like, like let's let's see what this trailer's gonna do. And then, obviously, all of that being at first, I was like, no, nah, this is this is a cinematic. And then at the end, where Jeff Keighley was like, that was all in game. Like none of that was a trailer, like a, a that's your ten teraflops in action. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck, that looks really good." Yeah, twelve. Now we got a bunch of other trailers as well. Um, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna go through all of them. Um, Open World Sonic caught my eye. Alan Wake Two, yeah. of course. People losing their fucking minds at that. Uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. It looks. Uh, yeah. I'm still in two minds about it, but what I mentioned in the pre-show is. I could sense a little bit of, of Bulletstorm. If, it, if anyone hasn't played Bulletstorm, go play Bulletstorm. It's going to cost you like a dollar. Um, but if it scratches that part of the, my lizard brain, I'm going to be very, very happy. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West got a new trailer. We saw a bunch of new creatures. There's a mm. snake and there's a plesiosaur. Mm. Day one purchase anyway. It was going to be a day one purchase anyway, but I'll buy two copies now. Um, Plague Tale, Requiem. I actually got to see gameplay of that, and it's a lot more Assassin's Creed than I expected, which actually got me interested in it. Yeah. yeah. And then the un- very, very unfortunately named Slitterhead. Oh, yeah. That's a bad name for a video game. Yeah. Slitter- Slitterhead. I don't, don't like that. But a game that really caught my eye on this is a new free-to-play co-op game from Embark Studios. Embark Studios is made up of former uh, DICE folk called Arc Raiders. And this looked really, really good, despite the Atari, the Atari logo that they're using. Anyway. Yeah. Um, basically, you go around and you fight big machines and monsters. It feels like, you know, a raid in Destiny, but free to play, which I guess Destiny is as well. However, 
I've always been a little bit critical of music choices in trailers. Um, you know, they, they pick something that's like thematically just doesn't work. I remember uh, last year we we spent a lot of time bagging out Godfall for that really poor, oh, yeah. like, oh god, yeah. SoundCloud rap <laughs> they use over one of their one of their trailers. This could be worse. Now this this game looks really good. I'm, I'm genuinely excited it for this does. game, and this song is fantastic. But why would you pick Robin's Dancing on My Own to play yeah. over your co-op shooter? It felt Just so weird, especially right. when it's a co-op shooter. Why would the song be Dancing on My Own? That doesn't make sense in any way. No, no, it makes none. Is somebody on the team like related to Robin and said, hey, I can get us the rights to the song for real cheap. Let's fucking use it. I... I Blew my mind. Anyway, that's the Game Awards. Kind well, of. There's one thing go on. about the Game Awards I want to ask you guys, right? Oh, so, yes. so we know that there's sort of like a soft cutoff point for game releases. They don't get, you know, nominated yes. for Game Awards and stuff like that. Now, we've seen this year Halo Infinite kind oh, like of skirted around that by releasing the multiplayer before the campaign. And then, obviously, the campaign just a couple of days before the Game Awards. Now, we know that the campaign itself wasn't technically nominated for any of the awards, but Halo Infinite as a game was. Was nominated for... for no, mm. yes and no. Yeah, exactly. It, wasn't a, it was the, the Community Choice Award, right? And I think there was one other one where it was nominated, I believe. I could be wrong on that. But either way, do we think this might set... A little precedent where games will release a multiplayer version of the game, you know, the, the multiplayer part early, so still get in for the game for the for the game awards nope. selection. Because the reason that happened is because of uh, mismanagement. Yep. That's it. <laughs> this, this, they didn't. Do, there was nothing purposeful about nope. this. I don't think the game awards mean that releasing a solid game that works is much more important than winning an award for it. There are whoa, other whoa, whoa. awards hang that on, win, hang like on. the story mode awards. Are you telling uh, me that, that that releasing a solid, finished, working video game is actually what people should be doing? Look, I <laughs> have you looked at AAA gaming for the past ten game. years? Look, our Twitter page at the top of, of the, at the top of our banner it says hot takes. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> we are delivering these hot, hot takes. I'm dropping that hot um, take right there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I got no issue with it being uh, nominated. But it was like it was nominated for the right categories because no, yeah, it yeah. wasn't game of the year because not enough of it was out. I can't remember what the other award it was nominated for, but it did win the community choice award or yeah, whatever the people's choice, which I think is correct because I don't think another game, even in the current form, it was at when nominate when voting closed, had captured the public's imagination the way Halo Infinite multiplayer did this year. That was a genuinely big moment. I think it deserved. It place on stage, you know. It, it deserved to be recorded as a as a winner. Yeah, but I mean, and yes, it, it's one of those things of of uh, yeah. It was right, you know, when everyone was voting, everyone was playing multiplayer as well. So it was right when it was at sort of its peak with people. So of course, people were going to vote for it. But that's the same with with all games. I mean, I I still think Hitman should have got nominated for Game of the Year, but it sort of because it was the start of the year, which was a billion fucking years ago. It sort of gets forgotten. Like, mm. 
even like you know, a game like Cyberpunk were nominated for awards because technically they came out out of the twenty twenty nomination run. Yeah, true, true. But because of much time has passed and because of the broken game, it it was forgotten. Like even if that was a really really good game when it first launched, it would have been forgotten by now. We're playing other things by now. It wouldn't have you know won your People's Choice Awards. It just it's just not in the zeitgeist anymore. So it's an interesting. I'm actually really glad you asked that question. Um, it's, it's an interesting point, and I think you know some award setups will change because of that. Because we are getting a lot more game releases towards genuinely towards in the year. Like December mm. used to be an absolute graveyard, and now we're getting big name games, mainly due to mismanagement. But that's the reality of the industry at the moment. Not just mismanagement, but also things like COVID and stuff like that is yeah, pushing yeah. out um, timescales a little bit. So if only there was some sort of like outlet that was having their game awards right at the end of the year so you could vote for all your favorite games throughout the entire 12 months. That'd be crazy. Crazy. Anyway, sorry, imagine? just to segue to the Story Mode Awards are coming up soon and we're going to have our nominations out this week. Our nominations, uh, you know, your voting will close on December 31st. So you can vote for all your games. See? I'm not saying that I'm the next Jeff Keighley, but I'm definitely saying that uh, we're going to cut to a vaping ad. Can you cut a vaping ad into the... Into the podcast, please, please don't kill No, <laughs> pro vaping, anti vaping, whatever. Fair enough. Now, towards the end of the show, getting back to the game awards, we had the the shittiest tradition that has started started last year when they had Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel come on stage to announce Fast and Furious, whatever the fuck it was. Uh, this year, we had uh, Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves come on stage. No, were they on stage? Were they in a video? They were in a video. They were in a video, okay. Uh, they were on a video as the second to last event of the night, the last one being Game of the, game of the Year, obviously, uh, to announce The Matrix Awakens. Now, this is something that was leaked uh, a few weeks ago. It's essentially an Unreal Engine 5 showcase. Free to download on PS5 and Xbox Series 1. Uh, Xbox Series 1. Xbox Series X and S. Um if you have one of those consoles, please go download this. I got this yesterday. And look, you start up and you see Keanu Reeves and you're like, okay, cool, cutscene, blah, blah, blah. I still don't know what parts of this cutscene were real and which ones were fake. Because he's talking, it, it's just his face. And then he looks in the mirror, he's, he's giving this whole spiel about like how, um, you know, we're living in a much more digital world of what, than what was first uh, imagined in the original Matrix film and blah, blah, blah. How our lives are integrated with computers now. And how you get lost in that. And he, look, he turns around, he looks in the mirror, and it's young Keanu talking back to him. Like, from the original Matrix. And I couldn't tell. And then they start duplicating. And then Carrie Ann Moss's Trinity comes into the shot. And they start duplicating. And they start, like, crossing over. And all the people start coming out of nowhere. And I couldn't tell what was real and what was fake. Hmm. It is It's uncanny valley But it's fucking climbing the walls out of it <laughs> Okay Like into no Into just no this is real Anyway It cuts into a, into a car chase scene It was some very very cheesy One liner it's super super self aware Which I really appreciate for this Because it doesn't feel like none of this is, is Canon it feels very much This is separate from the Matrix which is good Um 
So Neo and Trinity have a bit of back and forth, blah, blah, blah. They're getting chased by some agents. And it turns over to you and you can shoot the tires out from in the cars and stuff like that. And you see these cars flip and they're hitting traffic and it's all dynamic. It's all happening on the fly. This Unreal Engine 5 is running perfectly on these consoles. And I couldn't tell if I was watching a film or I was playing a game. This is the best looking thing I've ever played, bar none. And mm. I mean, there is light years between second place. If this is the future of gaming, holy shit, I am keen. <laughs> so the whole thing ends, and then you, you explore. What do they? What do they call the city in the Matrix? Oh, it, ha- it has it has a name. Um, anyway, you, you can explore the city on foot. You can walk around. You can run. You can drive cars. Um, there's no real crash physics per se, like no crumples on the car, but you can drive around quite fast and you have a really gaudy PS2 era speedometer on the screen. It reminded me of like playing like old DSP games or really liked, or you can use fly, which is like a drone mode. You, um, unlock the camera and you can go around the city. Everything loads instantly. Every window of every building you can look into and it's dynamic. I didn't really see much repeating stuff. People walk around naturally. You can mess around with the lighting. You change change it from night to day or even where the sun's position is in the sky to see the dynamic lighting. You've got, uh, quote, virtualized micro polygon geometry and dynamic global illumination. If I can quote their very, very wanky website. Jesus Christ. Try to say that fucking three times fast. I started to say it once. Lumen <laughs> and nanite is what they're talking Lumen about. Nanite. All, all of these things that we saw in a... I think it was tech maybe demo. an E3. There was a mm. tech demo for which became Forspoken, I think. Was no. it that? No, no, no it no, reminded no, me of no. Forspoken, which, which also very, very cool trailer trailer. Yeah, right? absolutely. Forspoken. Um, now, we, yeah, we saw them walking around and talking about how it's like, there's a trillion triangles in this rock. I'm like, okay, don't give a fuck about that. But now that I'm seeing an action, I'm like, oh, okay. And look, if you are a bit more tech inclined, you can put on certain filters to see all these different systems at play. You can take it off. You can add them back in. Blah blah blah. It it feels like I'm seeing sort of what developers can see when they have these kits. It it feels like a developer kit, but they've dumbed down the controls mm. and just shown you what it is. Oh man, I'm so fucking keen. I'm Pretty so spectacular. Keen. I, I, I just walk around. I just walk around. There's nothing else you could do. I wish you'd like. I I want to see. Um, I think it's called the Chaos Engine, which could theoretically theoretically create completely destructible environments like a completely destructible city i need that that would be fun that'd be that'd be good Uh, that's where you base my superman game yeah i'm really interested in where this technology goes but for me right now i think the most important thing and it's like a a renaissance of high frame rates just happening right now that's important your frame rate mm. and the response time is important. And that game ran at 30 frames per second. And that is just and not <laughs> no longer acceptable. Like I disagree. Right. It's not I right. just I, I actually completely disagree after playing it. I did not notice the frame rate at all. Mm. At at I, all. I, I would. I would in an in a heartbeat. I was that lost in this like seeing what was happening. Like I I love it as a tech to demo. stop myself. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and that's all it is. Uh, some people come in and like, oh, what the fuck is this shit? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's a tech demo. Like, nobody said, this isn't Grand Theft Auto 6. 
<laughs> this isn't even a Matrix game. No, it's, it's just it's a- an Unreal Engine Five tech demo. Yeah, disguised as a Matrix experience. The Matrix. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's all uh, Just say yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see where it goes. I would leave all those tech issues just out there on the cutting room floor for a better, more responsive experience. The tactile pleasure of having a high refresh rate. That's a, that's As a somebody who's an absolute shell for control, you know that frame rates mean nothing to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, they mean nothing. But let's move on to our, our last topic for the, for the evening. Uh, a little game that we've discussed a lot lately. Look, apologies to anyone um, over the last month who hasn't been excited by either and or Halo Infinite or Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. That's all we've really spoken about for the yeah. last month. So let's wrap up some of our Halo discussions here. Halo Infinite has dropped. Campaign was released last week. Keelan and I put a few hours into it. Keelan, you are the bit of an expert on Halo as a whole. I am quite new to the franchise. I've played Combat Evolve this year. I finished that. And I've played a fair bit of the Infinite Multiplayer, which I adore. Other than that, I'm, I'm sort of a, a, I'm definitely a newbie to the franchise. Keelan, what do you think so far in your first however many hours of the Halo Infinite campaign? Just so you know what they call me? Keelan? The Master Chief Master. <laughs> Fuck me, Dad. You've had so long to come up with a joke, and that's the best one you came up with. <laughs> I have a huge headache right now, and I'm struggling. But I have what a headache I, now. But what I wasn't <laughs> struggling with was playing the Halo campaign. I okay. Hold up, Simon. Did he just try to do a segue as well? I he just did a bad yeah. joke in a segue. Are you coming? Are you coming for the chair? I am. Are you coming cup- for the crack? Uh, no. <laughs> you come for the king. You best not miss. I okay? best not miss. But I've been missing a lot in Halo. Um, I, I some of the weapons. <laughs> not 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 good with them. Uh, that spike thing. You know that single shot instant kill semi sniper rifle type thing. You just blow it. One of the most bizarre weapons I've seen in a game. Yep. It looks like a like a, a rhinoceros horn or some shit. You just load it into the gun and shoot it directly into someone's brain. It's incredible, but also awful and slow. Very, very cool in a in, uh, in, uh, multiplayer. multiplayer. Yeah. Oh, good kill with that. Beautiful. But so, yeah, campaign. So I've what, been, what do you think? I've been struggling so much with so many different games to kind of like drag myself through it. Like, ugh. I guess I got to do this thing now. All right. Okay. I need to go and do this thing and do this thing so that then I can do this thing and blah, blah, blah. Halo is not laid out terribly like differently to that, to a game like Far Cry 6, the open world specifically. But it also, in a way that no other game this year has got me, it's got got me in this place where I'm like, all right, I'll just do one more thing on the map. All right, I'll just do one more thing now. All right, that was uh, good. Yeah. I'll just do one more thing. And every time I go and do that one more thing, there's like this different scenario that unfolds. It might be a similar enemy type, but they're laid out differently. The terrain is different, so you have to approach it differently. They may be armed differently. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that are just separate and different and unique about each encounter. And you go into those open world encounters kind of blind and I end up dying quite a few times and I have to figure out a way to get around that. 
And I love love that. I freaking love that. I get it wrong. I get frustrated. I get angry, but I'm angry at myself because I know that I fucked that up and I didn't approach this the right way. Um, There's just so many moments like that, which are, oh man, just really incredible. And you have a lot of those emergent halo stories that come out of that where you're just like, oh, I did this one thing, jumped down from this cliff. I threw a, a grenade before I landed. It hit the ground. It exploded. I landed in the explosion and knocked some dude across his head and killed them all within the span of two seconds. It's real satisfying. You know, I get so many stories like that. But conversely, you have these, I guess, um, story type missions where you go inside of structures or uh, ships or you know that type of thing inside in in the environment and it becomes a proper old school halo mission where you're moving from corridor into arena into corridor into arena and those again have their own kind of like a beauty to them and there's a, a big variety of weapons probably more so than in previous um entries and they all feel very distinct. Before I started playing Halo Infinite, I reinstalled Halo 5 to give that a go to see how it felt. Man, I'm glad that I did that because it makes me appreciate how fundamentally solid the gunplay and the, just the moment-to-moment action in Halo Infinite is. Because Halo 5 was inconsistent and weird and not Halo at all. Halo Infinite captures that energy that i had in halo one two and three it captures that energy beautifully so i'm loving what i've experienced so far what about you jesse uh, well i have some complaints i like this game but i'm also like i don't think i'm buying the hype as much as other people could be because i'm new i thought that this was gonna be a really fresh jumping in point and they sort of marketed it as that you haven't played the other Halo games? All right. You're not going to appreciate the story as, as, as completely as you would. But this is where you get in. This is the ground floor. This is infinite. We're going to grow from here as so a jump on board. And you start playing it. And they're talking about wars that I have no clue about. They're talking about enemies I have no understanding of. All these things, I have no clue what's happening. There's no recap at the start. It just throws you in. Now, I was able to piece a lot of it together stemming from our discussion last week when we did a bit of a Halo recap, I was able to work a few things out. But if I came into that completely fresh, totally lost. Have you been not, Have you been listening to the audio logs? Because that explains a yeah, lot. Yeah, I have been, but they don't play at the start of the game. I, they need to be something. Just, just telling you, okay, this is what we're up to. This is where the Halo story is. This is why Master Chief is where he is now. This is why that opening scene was important. That's why this character was important. I don't know. Once you get uh, deeper into the story, Jesse, they do explain why he's there and what he's doing. I I, I know they, I know it will. I mean, lots of games will do that. You you find audio logs and blah, blah, blah. You find stuff out. That needed to happen at the start. Remember, I'm a new player coming in. This is enriching it for you. For me, it it put up a wall straight away. And I I was shocked by that. Another thing that really surprised me is... Now, I'm thinking of a game, say, and look, every game gets compared to Breath of the Wild. But remember what, that <laughs> moment in Breath of the Wild when you leave the little tomb cave that you're in and you, you you take your first steps out and you see the open world in front of you. And you're like, this is a different game. And it just became magic from there on. I wish Infinite did that. 
because Halo Infinite's first missions to me fucking sucked because it is just that it's that corridor arena corridor arena it's old school Halo sure but we've done old school Halo this was meant to be a reinvention they talked about the open world of this I wish you did maybe you did a little bit of that and then you stepped straight out and it was open world it's like oh wow this is a breath of fresh air into the franchise and then you still have those traditional Halo moments when you go to those you know narrative based uh, areas so in my case I've only really done the tower so far but you have to slog through a, a fair bit of just completely nondescript hallways filled with with enemies that again at this point if if I didn't have any any knowledge at all of the game I don't know who these enemies are I don't know who I am I don't know what this, this enemy is. like you know the main boss guy that I've seen so far is they're dropping names that I've never heard of why is any of this important and why does everything look the same it was a, it, it takes Really strange way to start off a game that's meant to be a new new beginning for the franchise. I I disagree so thoroughly, Jesse, about that. But statement. remember, you can't see this from my eyes because you know that you know the franchise. I'm talking about just you're talking about the hallways that look the same. I absolutely disagree with that. The first level, you're in a spaceship, okay, and it is gray walls, I neon believe, lighting on the walls. Yep, a UNSC spaceship. It's got. Pretty much all of the similar art designs you've just seen in older games. It looks like a human-built spaceship, military, very utilitarian. Um, then you're in a in a forerunner structure as well. So it's like big and spacey and sci-fi and weird and blue. There's lots of glowing lights and shit like that. I think it looks spectacular. Yep. And then and see, the you, third you, one, you've answered you're your question because you've gone to that. You've gone to that with context. I don't know who the forerunners are. You don't need context. It's aliens. But, but you do because it, but you no, but don't that's the need thing. context. You, it's aliens. How do you know it's alien? It's the future. That could easily be because, human stuff. Oh my god! Because you're on a human thing before, which is clearly human. He, Simon, we finally found Keelan's fandom that he would defend to the death. It's Halo. I just Jesse. I yeah. just think. I think you're being intentionally obtuse oh, no, about no, no, that. No, 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 no. I, I, I look. There's parts of this game that I, I love. I just found that really weird it just wasn't I, right. I can, we can tell we can you agree to somebody, disagree no i can right. tell you you're I, wrong. I, th- I think there is a an easy solution for this which Fine. is I'll find I, I will download the campaign Ooh. and play through the first couple of missions oh and tell God. you which one's Ooh. being wrong all right done tune in next week to find out the answer <laughs> oh now gosh. when it became open world okay so you step out okay i like this part you step out you start doing these quests now I wish there was a little bit more depth to the open world, but I understand that will come in time. Because I play so many open world games, you expect to be there to be some variety with your missions. Um, this one doesn't really have it. It's shoot this, get this power cell, open this. Oh, there's a gravity elevator. Of course there is. Of course. Enemies, 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 dropship, enemies, enemies, enemies. Cool. But the moment-to-moment gameplay is super fun. That hook shot, grapple hook thing Man. is badass the the dynamic it adds especially fighting the shield guys hey you like pull their shield away you just pop them in the head is incredible the weapons are hit, hit or miss but ones yeah. that hit are very good that big i love the pistols in the game except for the uh Disrupt- the pistol garbage. This, the disruptor have you used that that's the worst weapon i've used in a what video does it game. do I, I don't thought the disruptor know. was gonna. Sh- you could shoot the shield and it'll disrupt that, like the force field and it'll turn them off. That's what I thought too. That. But it doesn't. That it's big gun is called it the Marauder or something like that. 
the or the mangler, the, whatever the, it is. The pistol, the brute no, the, pistol. The one with the the, the one with the the, uh, the revo- big revolver. Yeah, yeah, that's the. Oh mangler. my god! I've just been walking through levels with that, just doing headshots. It's nice, badass. It's goddamn great. And I just you know I recently got an NG sword. That's been fun to use. It's, it 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 feels a little bit messy. It's finding its feet right now. I'm waiting for that story to really, really kick in and for me to actually get up to speed and the game to allow me to get up to speed and give me what I need to get up to speed with it. Um, but also another little complaint I have is some of the, like, I'm not a big stickler for graphic graphics and performance and stuff like that. But there's a very big drop of what I've seen in from other games and then in this. So when you see what's his name, the bad guy, Ishkrim, Ishrium, Ethereum, yeah, whatever like Bitcoin that. name he fucking has. Um, <laughs> when he talks, his teeth are locked and his cheeks move around it. And once I noticed that, I couldn't stop staring at his mouth. There is and a- I started staring at other things and just some of this, not everything kind of works how I want it to. It's not as sharp as I wanted it at times. At times, the game that's absolutely stunning. There's a huge technical problem with cutscenes um, and in gameplay as well, actually. A lot of the animations, uh, specifically all facial animation and cutscenes, run at 30 frames per second. So if you're playing on a Series X or PC, uh, I'm running on a high-end PC running 100 plus frames per second, but that facial animation is locked to 30. And it looks so weird because the rest of the body is moving at 60. And oh. it's, oh. it's bizarre. Oh. It's, it's awesome. Weird. It does that on Why every platform. Why do that? It, I don't know. It's really strange. There's also some That's- animations in first person, reloading weapons, uh, mantling, that type of thing, which also runs at 30 frames per second, which kind of like takes you out of it like a little bit i don't know there's technical problems with this game jesse and i, I said this to you before but it, it is a distinctly last gen looking game in my eyes it's not a problem it's not ugly it's just not modern if you ask me yeah it, there's it is cross gen of... so you know yeah i mean yeah i guess so yeah, but I don't, the campaign hasn't clicked with me. Like I, I, I keep finding myself playing the campaign, and being like, I would rather play multiplayer right now. Because mm. I'm waiting for the story to get it hooks into me. Because apparently the story in this is incredible. I'm still seeing just the the community, the Halo community is absolutely adoring this. As a new as a new player coming into it. Mm. Look, man, all I'm saying is that I had a hell of a time. I went over into this far corner of the map. I rescued six Marines, okay? and No, five, sorry, Marines. And we jumped into the back of a Razorback Warthog variant, all right? So the, the six of us were driving around, and I made these incredible jumps to try to rescue them, to take them to, like, a, um, uh, a site where they could help me kill some enemies and stuff. And um, I couldn't, there's this one jump, I just couldn't make it. I just couldn't make it. So I reloaded the game, made the jump again, jumped out of the warthog, used my grapple hook to pull myself up, and they went tumbling down into the ether. They died. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is why I love Halo. Just dumb shit like that. Feels good. <laughs> I want more. God damn. 
Uh, look, uh, well, obviously I finished it because I'm having I mean, fun with it. I just wish, yeah, there's uh, a little bit more. And sorry, just to go back to saving people so you can save other soldiers and stuff like that have been captured and are, are locked in place by crystals. Um, right, it reminds me so much of old down. Far Cry. <laughs> it reminds me of old Far Cry games. Mm. This outpost is ours now. I, I love it. It's so cheesy. It, it, it's one of those things, like uh, we mentioned this in, in last week's podcast, how I always found back when I wasn't playing Halo um, when it first came out, I found it really weird that you have such a serious protagonist in Master Chief and everything else is so, so, so goofy. And man, that's now that I'm playing this properly, between the grunts running around like, Meh! and the shit other soldiers say, it's such a goofy game. It has always been goofy. The Master Chief literally only speaks in one-liners. It's like an 80s action movie. It's ridiculous. It's awesome. Well, <laughs> look, as much as I said you'll never hear us talk about Halo again, I'm no doubt we'll talk about it in the weeks to come, because in the weeks to come, we have our two-parter year in review episodes coming up. And then, like I said before, we're going to be releasing our Game of the Year and other Storybook Game Award nominations this week at some point when I put the video together. It should be by Wednesday. Um... And we'll be having our award show as the first show of 2022. So keep an eye out for that if you want to keep, if you want to be the first to vote, you know what I mean? Also, just heads up, I am wrapping up. I just seamlessly went with that outro and I realized I didn't actually guys give you guys a heads up. Um, I figured as much. Look at me go. Look at me go. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting that good at this that I can just like Jeez. plant my flag and be like, hey guys, I can turn to the camera and break that fourth wall like Deadpool on the Deadpool podcast. <laughs> Also, because I'm losing my mind a little bit. Now, if you want to keep up to date with all we've got, including those nominations, we're on social media. Of course we are. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the good stuff. At Storybook AUS. Plus, we're on Twitch. We stream these podcasts. We stream games. We stream killing eating, eating a uh, Carolina Reaper chili one day, maybe. Maybe. At Story Mode AUS. So make sure you go follow us there. Um, of course, these podcasts, Spotify and iTunes, where else are you going to find them? You're going to find them in all good podcasting sites and apps and applications. Um, you can find all of our episodes of Storm Reddit Video Game Podcast. Plus, we've brought back a love letters. Um, like I mentioned earlier, recently I interviewed Simon about his infatuation with Final Fantasy fourteen. While you're there, make sure you check out all the Fan Critical Podcasts. They have absolutely fantastic shows reviewing all your favorite movies and TV shows and what have you. Um, and if you want to support them further, they are on Patreon to search for Fan Critical, a couple bucks away, get a, access to a bunch of bonus goodies. That sounds pretty good. But with that, let's wrap it up. Keelan, Simon, always a bloody pleasure. Thank always you. good, guys. Always to everyone in the Twitch chat, thank you for sticking around. We'll stick around and have a quick chat with you guys. If everyone listening, thank you. Hope you had fun with that one. It was a bit of a strange one. A bit of a, a bit of a chaotic one. My brain's really broken. It's very hot today. That's what it is. But thanks for sticking with us. Listen to some other shows. Tell your friends about us. Give us some love. We love you. Go play some games. Look after yourself. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 All right there, Banjo. Good.